Hey, bud. What? You know what I feel like doing for like the next half hour? What do you feel like? Talking about giant naked people. For the 50,000th time, they're called titans. Yeah, but they're like giant and they're naked. So Be- it's giant naked Because people. when they get injected with the serum to become a titan, then they like their bodies grow, but their clothes can't. I think in Japanese, Attack on Titan stands for giant naked people. It actually, it actually, it actually means Shingeki no Kyojin. Which stands for giant naked people. All right, let's go ahead and get started. Yep, let's go. Welcome to Geekology 101. My name is Joshua. And my name's Diego. And today we're going to talk about Attack on Titan. Which translated means giant naked people. It's it, they're called Titans. I'm Father. pretty sure that like the theme song is like Attack on Titan, giant naked people, giant naked people, uh, Attack on Titan. That theme song sounds like every other anime. Exactly. <laughs> but Except not this Attack one's on different Titan. because it has giant naked no, people. That's Titans. right, folks. That's okay. Fine. Let's stop picking on it. Fine. Anyway, yeah, I'm gonna learn a little bit about it because I didn't watch a thing. Yeah. Josh was the guy who got obsessed with that. You watched like a single episode of it with me. Did I even watch that much? I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I'm gonna ask Josh some questions, and uh, he's gonna tell us what this thing is all about. Maybe some of you out there haven't seen it, but might get into it because this guy is obsessed. I am. We'll see. But first, for news and reviews this week. We're going to chat about a certain god of mischief. Yes. We're going to talk about episode one and episode two of Loki. Now, this episode of Geekology 101 is coming out on Wednesday. So, technically, episode uh, three would have come out, but we haven't watched it because that is in the future. We are in the past. Loki Lofison. Yes, and we're trying not to create a Nexus event that will create an alternate timeline or whatever. That will, that, that will you know, destroy the sacred timeline. The, yeah, the sacred timeline. God forbid we disrupt the space lizards. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so let's get into this thing. Listen, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Loki Episode 1 and Episode 2, step away from this thing and come back after you've seen it, because we're going to talk spoilers. Buddy, hit the spoiler alert button. Spoiler All right, you have been warned. So, what are your thoughts so far on uh, Loki? Like, overall, general thoughts. Do you like the series? Do you not like the series? How do you feel about it? I think that it could be one of the better uh, Disney Plus Marvel shows. Yeah? Yeah, I think it has the opportunity. Because, like, I think that the way it's headed, mm-hmm. it could introduce, like, a whole new concept to the MCU. Like what? What do you mean by that? Like a whole new concept of like time travel. Mm-hmm. Because like these dudes, the TVA, like as far as we know, they're the most powerful thing we've seen so far in the MCU. True. Like infinity stones don't work right. in in the place. Or magic at all. Yeah, Loki tried to like get his uh, weapons, mm-hmm. but he couldn't. Yeah. So I really think that it could introduce like a whole new level of not magic, but like a whole new level of technology mm-hmm. that like uh, the Avengers and some of the villains in the later future mm-hmm. can like learn to use. Maybe. Yeah, I do worry a little bit though um, with the introduction of of, uh, of time travel. Like I hope that somehow by the end of this 
phase of Marvel. Because mm-hmm. clearly time travel is going to play a pretty big role. Like time and alternate realities and all that. Yeah. Uh, they're going to play a pretty big role in phase four. I hope that something happens that doesn't allow this thing to just continue being used over and over again. Because that could make it make things very messy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's kind of kind of risky in, in my eyes. But anyway, back to the main point, which is what we think overall about Loki. So you think that the show really has a lot of potential? Yeah. So you've enjoyed it personally? Yeah, I think it was good. I personally liked the second episode more. Mm-hmm. Like, I especially like this scene with Miss Minutes. Of <laughs> how she's like an actual, like, being. Yeah, that's Like, right. how she actually reacted to Loki trying to, like, swat her. Yeah. I like Miss Minutes. She's cool. Uh, I think I, I'm enjoying the show a lot. I think it's a, it's a really good show. I honestly can't compare it. In my opinion. Yeah, all of these shows are way different. Yeah, this is way, way too different from both Falcon and Winter Soldier and WandaVision. Uh, So, yeah, I don't have anything to compare it to yet, to be honest. And I don't think I need anything to compare it to. I just am enjoying the show for what it is. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is really, really a a cool aspect of these Disney Plus shows that Marvel has this playground now. To really do stuff that is very different from the regular feel of their movies. Mm-hmm. It's like Marvel's been criticized for that. Really? Yeah. For, for what? Like, for their movies being very formulaic. Oh, like kind of like following the same like yeah formula that a lot of like that like every movie does. Yeah, pretty much. So you know, I see them trying. Like for example, if you compare, um, if you compare Tony Stark, uh, like Tony Stark's whole arc in, in Iron Man One and like Doctor Strange, there's a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, once you throw in like a Captain Marvel, for instance, the way that they told that story was very different because you know, like she was already in the future or whatever, mm-hmm. and they kind of showed everything else through through flashbacks. Yeah, I. I so Marvel's I, been trying to like break that. I mean, you know? yeah, like breaking the system of movies. Yeah. I feel like the most that they ever did that Mm -hmm. was in Avengers Infinity War. Why? Because I haven't seen a movie where the villain simply just wins. Definitely true, yeah. So I think that's, like, I think that's the, that's the, like, most they've ever broken that system. I think so. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, well, no, no, actually, I don't, I don't agree with that fully. Well, I agree about Infinity War, yes, but I feel like these shows are really where they're breaking up their, Mm. their, their storytelling, um, into something very, very different. Like, WandaVision, there's no way you could have done that in the movie successfully. Mm -hmm. There really isn't. Like, without getting the same effect that you got through the show, you really couldn't have done that. Because every, there was something about a, an episodic show where each episode is actually an episode of a show within the show. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that forced us to submerge ourselves into that reality even more. And once you take that into a two-hour movie, you just don't get the same effect. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying about them getting very experimental. And with Loki, it's very interesting, too, because now I wonder where this is going. Like, it's only two episodes in, and we've already gotten the reveal of this variant. Mm-hmm. Which I'm pretty sure that we can call confidently Lady Loki. I guess, yeah. However, like, Lady Loki was, like, actually Loki, just, like, in a different body. Like, a female Could be, I guess. version of his body. We have to wait and find out. We, we just don't know yet. Yeah. 
Um, but uh, we got the reveal of the Varium. We I thought that that was going to be kind of extended a little bit because this is a six-episode series. Oh. And then on top of that, we got the entire sacred timeline bombed. Yeah. And now you got all these crazy branches, you know, starting to spin off of the sacred timeline. Yeah, we saw at the end of episode two there where, like, there was a sacred timeline, just, like, mm-hmm. the line. And then there was, like, 15 different parallel realities going in different yeah. directions. So now there's four episodes left. And I I just, I don't know. I guess I'm just wondering where they're going to go with this. Because very easily, they could have reserved something like the bombing of the Sacred Timeline. They could have reserved that for, like, the end and be make that be the big thing. Yeah. Because, they you know, that's, like, a really chaotic thing. I hope that they don't easily solve that. Because it doesn't seem like something that should be easily solved. Yeah. You know, this seems like something that... Because, remember, she wasn't using these grenades to bomb alternate timelines she She bombed no she bombed within the sacred timeline Uh, yeah what the only thing i didn't understand is like where the where the where the like portal doors were going exactly that's that's the whole point we don't know so look the way that the tva uses these grenades these bombs is that when a when a nexus event has happened Mm -hmm. right when somebody veers off course from the sacred timeline then the alternate reality starts occurring, starts being born, right? Yeah. And so when they identify that, they go to that alternate reality, they take the person prisoner, and then they set off this grenade to break that alternate reality, to destroy it. Yeah. So that, but the sacred timeline has continued flowing normally. Mm-hmm. But in this case, what this Lady Loki or whoever this person ends up being, what they did is that they delivered through these portals these bombs into the actual sacred timeline how do they put it into the sacred how did that's but that's exactly the it. sacred timeline isn't a place or a time it's not but she went to actual events that were supposed to happen in the sacred timeline she delivered these things to actual events and bombed those events oh so like so we she, don't know what those events are yet though yeah All we know are places and dates right yeah so, so like she could have bombed like let's end game yeah exactly like let's see let's take one example okay mm-hmm. one of the things that she sent was to to ego the living planet yeah right we saw that. we met ego in the events of uh, guardians of the galaxy volume 2 and he is uh, peter quill's father mm-hmm. by the time we meet him he's been depositing his little children all over the galaxy all over the universe or whatever yeah trying to create another godlike being like him mm-hmm. what happens though if she delivered this to Planet Ego before he had a chance to do all those things, then Star-Lord would have been gone. Exactly. Does it prevent the birth of Star-Lord? What happens with that, right? Mm -hmm. And then if she sent it over to, like, nowhere. Yeah. Right? What happens in that case if the Collector isn't there, Thor doesn't have somebody to take the ether to to keep it safe, Mm quote-unquote safe, uh, the Guardians don't end up meeting, uh, facing off against Thanos there. Thanos doesn't doesn't end up taking Gamora. Yeah. Which is the key to him being able to get the Soul Stone. Like, how and, many and things... And all that was supposed to happen. Like, it... In nowhere, right? It could have, like... it. This is such a big event that, like, it really shouldn't have happened in, like, basically, like, 
the first two episodes. That's what I'm saying. Like, it seems like something that should have been reserved for for somewhere towards the end because of how big the implications could be. Like, honestly, just out of that event, that in itself could already cause the multiverse of madness to begin. Yeah. You know, very easily. And... That could spin off the, all the craziness that we've been hearing about the new Spider-Man movie, right? Mm-hmm. And all the different Spider-Mans crossing over and all that stuff. Like, all of that could be spawning from this single event. It's interesting to me. Um, I What I hope doesn't happen is that they easily resolve it because if they do, then it loses stakes. Mm-hmm. Like, what is truly the risk then about, about the sacred timeline being yeah. attacked, you know? So I hope that they continue building up the importance of this thing because um, they can also have connections to Quantum Mania, the second, the third Ant-Man movie. Um, I, I hope that it continues with the seriousness because, like you said before, the TVA has been painted as a really, really powerful thing. Yeah, like more powerful than like the things that created the universe. Right. Well, no, the universe created them. Well. In the beginning, didn't, didn't the, the Big inf- Bang, boom, didn't the and infinities- the six Infinity Stones came out, remember? Yeah, but, but the Infinity Stones were, like, the first things in the universe. I guess, but they were came out as a result of the Big Bang. Oh, yeah. So they didn't cause the Big Bang. You know, that's what I'm saying, I guess. Yeah. But, but listen, they're only powerful, the TVA is only powerful because of the ones who created them. Who are the timekeepers? Mm-hmm. And the timekeepers, in my personal theory, you can are go to space our, lizards. No, <laughs> you can go to our rated reviews. I had like a whole episode dedicated to talking about this thing. But my theory is that that is actually not three deity-like beings, three god-like beings. My theory is that that is Kang the Conqueror, very possibly pretending to be just like the Wizard of Oz wasn't really this big gigantic head and all that wasn't, stuff wasn't, it was a guy pretending to be that wasn't Kane Conqueror like born like centuries and centuries after it, he's not he's, time, he's time a is human ir- isn't he time is irrelevant to Kang the Conqueror in the same way that time is irrelevant to Eobard Thawne to Reverse Flash it doesn't matter that he was born in like the 35th century or whatever he just through the speed force he has access to any point in time so right? so he would have been born events. and then go back to like yeah and then go back to like day one of the universe correct yeah so my my theory is that the timekeepers are a front they're like the wizard of oz mm-hmm. and the guy behind the wizard is actually kang and this is the guy who defeated everyone else in that multiversal war that Miss Minutes told us about in episode one. Hmm. That's my theory. Because think about it. The guy, the, the army who wins a war is the one that gets to write the history books. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the history books aren't written by the losers. They're that, written by the winners. That's actually, that actually kind of fits into our main topic. What? Attack on Titan. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that when we get into Attack on Titan. Interesting. Okay. Um, but yeah, the, the winners are the ones that get to write the, the, the history books, and they're the ones that get to paint themselves as the good guys. Yeah. And if you notice, in Miss Minute's whole thing, the timekeepers are like the saviors. Mm. Everything was going crazy. Realities fighting against each other, or timelines fighting against each other, and then suddenly the t- peace keep, the, t- the timekeepers came and brought peace. Mm-hmm. And they cleaned everything up into the sacred timeline. Like, no, the timekeepers are whoever is really behind the timekeepers. Like, 
they defeated everyone else and forced everyone to their will yeah. in the sacred timeline. To me, the sacred timeline isn't, like, a nice thing. Are the, are the timekeepers, like, three actual people in the comics, though? Like they three, are, yeah. The beings? They are, yeah. Hmm. But remember, I, I Marvel like... movies have changed a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know, from the comics to tell a slightly different story. That's my theory. I could be wrong. But I that's that's my theory. I feel like these statues that they keep showing of the three timekeepers. Mm, they look the like the middle Kang. one. Yeah. The I, middle I one especially, like, man. I feel like I feel like if you look at all of their heads, uh-huh. they all look like Kang. Yeah, but the two on the sides always have like some kind of like little little tendril things coming out of their face or their chin and stuff. Mm-hmm. They're not the same as the middle one. The middle one has the most clean face. Yeah, but, but I, the facial features to me look a lot like Jonathan Majors, the actor who's playing Kang. I feel like I feel like the one like all the way to to like if you were standing in front of the three things. Yeah. I feel like the one to the left. Mm-hmm. His his like his like helmet around his head mm-hmm. looks more like Kang the Conqueror. Really? Yeah. I feel like I feel like Kang's helmet is more kind of like a square. Well, hey, maybe all three of them have some features that resemble Kang because Kang because is ultimately Kang the one behind them. Because Kang designed them. Yeah, it could, could completely be that. Hmm. But yeah, it's just to me, there's something going on there. Plus, in the comics, uh, Renslayer, the Judge Lady, mm-hmm. she has in the comics she has a romantic past with Kang and stuff like that. So I feel like that's where things are headed. And I would love for Marvel to not be afraid to show Kang and introduce him in this show because I feel that this could serve as a really good origin story for this villain Mm -hmm. so that then we don't have to spend a ton of time in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania explaining who the guy is. That wouldn't because that's be a an long origin history. story, though. It would be. The origin story would be the origin when story? he's like... Oh, well, I get what you're saying, right. But I mean, like, the origin story of him as a, as a threat and as a villain. Yeah. If, like, his story is like, wait, wait, no, there were no timekeepers. Like, this is the dude who actually won the multiversal war. Mm-hmm. And he's a tyrant who's forcing, every, who's forcing everybody to live within what he wants reality to be. That's a pretty strong, like, will for, for a villain to have. Yeah, he's also Iron Lad. I'm curious to see how that all connects into it. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Um, anyway, yeah, very... I, I love I, I love Loki. Aside from all the story, the actual story stuff, Tom Hiddleston is awesome. Owen Wilson is awesome. I love their whole dynamic, their whole back and forth. These two guys are, like, born for back and forth banter Donkey, as artists, Donkey. as a... Uh, as, as actors, I love seeing them going back and forth. One thing that I love about the show is how deep it gets into, like, philosophical topics. Yeah, like, like, mind, like, the mind and, like, the purpose. Yeah, the whole thing of purpose, free will. Do we really have free will? The yeah, because, like, like, gods. I feel, I feel like we do have free will. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if I, like, lived in that timeline, yeah. I would feel like I, like, I would have free will, but... But, like, whatever I choose with my free will mm-hmm. was always meant to be chosen. So is it really free will? I mean, <laughs> I mean, we perceive it as, I mean, like, if I... Right. The person perceives it as free will. If, if I, if I, if I think, okay, I'm either going to eat Raisin Bran mm-hmm. or I'm going to eat Cheerios. Mm-hmm. Then, then you, then you would perceive that as like, oh, I have a choice. Right. But if you choose Raisin Bran, mm-hmm. 
then then it was always meant to be and you would have never chosen Cheerios. Well, how about this? Imagine like a lion being raised in captivity, right? Mm-hmm. And the owner of the lion, the one keeping him in a cage, gives him the option, like, do you want a piece of, do you want a whole chicken to eat or do you want a, a chunk of lamb to eat? Pick one of these two. Sure, the lion could pick one of those two, but in the end, they're all part of the illusion because he's not really meant to be eating a chicken from a dude's hand or a lamb from a dude's hand. He's meant to be out in the freaking, like, savannah hunting these things. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like, it seems to me like giving the person a choice between the two cereals is kind of all part of the illusion. Like, oh, yeah, you have free will. Go ahead and choose the cereal that you want. But in reality, if you had your true choice... Maybe you decided to go to a first watch and have you some million dollar bacon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We were oh, maybe we were always meant to make this podcast, or we just branched off and made a Nexus event. I'm but gonna the, go with that theory. But the timekeepers just didn't catch up in time. They didn't. We outran the TVA. Yeah. So Loki's pretty dope, man. I'm really enjoying it. I like the acting. I like the pace that it has, too. It doesn't make me feel like I'm waiting too long for stuff to happen, mm-hmm. which I really appreciate. I, really I also love like, like the I love the more like deeper part, like the the, the, the emotional part, like mm-hmm. Loki reacting to his mom dying, Loki reacting to Asgard. Uh, Being destroyed. Yeah, all that stuff to me is really cool. I really like I- that. I feel like after this whole series, mm-hmm. all of the people in the TVA should be, like, let onto Earth. That's going to be interesting. Because, because, like, they're all humans. They were just created by do. the timekeepers. They do look humans, which makes me think that the timekeeper is also human. Hmm. Right? Because why would he create, why would he make them all human? Maybe because he is one. Right. Very interesting. There's a lot that, that I... That Ken I, is a human, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he started off as a human, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how he got, like, all blue and stuff or purple or whatever the heck he is, but he was human. Uh, so, yeah, very, very cool show. I'm really enjoying it. Can't wait to see what episode three gives us. Um, I hope that the show doesn't shy away from, like, having big consequences on the MCU. Because mm-hmm. I feel like that is one mistake that Marvel could make. Shying like, away from it and then like not making these shows have any any more impact than like Agents of Shield. Yeah, which <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that's not the case. I hope that they move forward with it. We get some some consequences, some impact. I, I also feel like that. I also feel like it this would have more of an impact than Actually, I'm not sure. I'm debating if Loki or Falcon and the Winter or Falcon and Captain America is, is gonna have. You mean more, Captain America and the Winter Soldier? Yeah, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Which one is gonna have more consequences? Uh, the consequences of both Wandavision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier so far have been kind of small. Really? Yeah, man. I mean, think about I it. I mean, what did Wanda, Sam Wilson becoming... Wanda, WandaVision didn't affect anything except for Westview. Yeah, and then, but I mean, a whole new person becoming, two whole new people becoming Captain America? Yes, that is important, but what effect does it have on the path forward of the MCU? A new person is Captain America. And? What does that mean for the entire MCU? It's gonna be different. Why though? Because this guy is gonna have a different mindset than the usual leader that we see. Who is he leading? 
there are no Avengers right now. Yeah, I mean, I... If, if, that's not my point. No, 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 but that is the point, though. Like, Captain America is important because he's the leader of something. Mm-hmm. And people look to him for leadership, namely the Avengers or S.H.I.E.L.D., right? Yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D. is no more, and the Avengers are no more. So who is there for him to lead? People recognize the Avengers and they see like, oh yeah, the Avengers helped save the world, but there's no official Avengers team right now. Not yet. Until like the Young Avengers or something. I suppose. However, something like Loki, this could really have like big time implications because it's like, whoa. I mean like if it's... Dealing with space and time and reality, that's big. Of the whole universe, too. It's not only, like, Westview, New Jersey. It's, like, the whole universe. I mean, like, if it's... If 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 the whole show is, like, dealing with all this stuff, and then it's, like... Well, nobody on Earth's gonna know. That would be the mistake, right? I don't... Like, I mean... If, if that... I don't think it's gonna have... I mean, obviously, it's gonna have implications for, like, like Loki and, like, the, all the people of, like, Thor and all that. Well, no! Not even Thor, because, like, nobody else is gonna know besides Loki. How could they not when already there's been a bombing of the entire sacred timeline? That means Nobody everything... knows what that even means, though. No, but they're gonna feel the consequences... How could they not? Well, yeah, I guess. Like, technically, right now, there is no, there, there shouldn't be any more sacred timeline. If, if our understanding of these time grenade things that they use is, 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 uh, so what I'm looking for, consistent, mm-hmm. then this means that the sacred timeline is basically no more. It is only like a whole series of alternate realities. Actually, doesn't, doesn't the the grenades don't they like destroy that reality? They oh they do. Yeah. Oh, I I thought that I thought that they just like reset what everything happened that wasn't supposed to happen. No. Oh, no, do, oh, those reset. were the other grenades. No, no, they don't reset. Those grenades don't reset. Those grenades like destroy that entire reality. That's why Loki said, like jokingly about those grenades they're like he was like oh yeah don't you mean obliterate or disintegrate everything that it comes into contact with oh i weren't there other grenades that like reset the that like just reset it yeah but what are they talking about by resetting that's the thing that Um, it it showed that in episode one when when Mm -hmm. they went through the portal they threw the grenade that wasn't the same grenade that we were seeing uh being dropped it was like a grenade that reset it but didn't destroy that whole earth yeah it did dude no it, it destroyed that alternate reality an alternate reality where loki escaped from new york and ended up in mongolia and who knows what he would have done in mongolia oh it destroyed that yeah Oh, I thought that there was just a reality where, like, people were like, oh, where's Loki? Like, no. So, like, that entire thing was essentially erased from being an alternate reality. This is the thing. If I'm understanding this correctly, the TVA is, like, going and committing mass genocide every time that they correct the timeline. 
because technically this is another version of events. I, I didn't, events I didn't know that it destroyed the entire Earth that they threw the bomb on. The entire reality, like everything in that reality. So like Thanos, it destroys Thanos it in that reality. It has to destroy everything. Nothing can survive from that alternate reality because that is not agreed uh, allowed by the timekeepers. Like, those things are serious. They've been treated so far as like, oh, let's just, you know, we'll put this here and everything will be fine after this thing goes off. But in reality, it's just destroying everything in that alternate reality. Just so that oh, the I only was, reality under- that exists is the sacred one. I was understanding the whole time bomb's wrong. Why? What did you think they do? I mean, I thought that they just, like, whatever happened, it, mm-hmm. ma- it like, it reset that and made it not happen. It I like, mean, technically it does, but by undoing that entire reality. No, that, that you're not letting me finish. Oh, sorry. So, so they throw the thing, and then, like, whatever happened, the, it, that erases, not mm-hmm. the entire... We saw in episode, in the beginning of episode two, mm-hmm. when they when they threw one of the things that only the bodies and, like, the stuff that was scattered around came, like, uh, got destroyed. What not did you say not, that? What do you mean? In episode two. What scene? In the was? beginning. In the beginning of episode two. I think, I think you need to... The Renaissance Fair? Yeah, I think you need to watch that scene again. Okay, so we watched the scenes again. Yeah. I'm still not convinced that you're right. Are you conf- uh, no, not convinced? Do you understand where I'm coming from, though? I get what you're saying. So there's that scene in the uh, Renaissance Fair mm-hmm. where the fight happens with Lady Loki while the I need a hero song is playing. Mm-hmm. And then then the TVA shows up again with Loki and Mobius and all that. And Mobius, then they walk Mobius, in there. Mobius. Yes. They walk in there. And then when they're done doing their thing, they leave the reset charge, and the reset charge only appears to disintegrate, disintegrate the stuff that wasn't supposed to be there, like the like agent's the, helmet, yeah, the, like the, the bodies, bro- the broken stick, yeah, the the bodies of the agents, that kind of stuff. But it didn't disintegrate the grass or the ground or anything. It, it didn't. It, like it didn't show that it did. I, but I, I don't know that that means that it's only disintegrating what wasn't supposed to be there. I, I feel because look, listen, there's still the real the fact that people saw the TVA agents. Mm-hmm. The stuff, the battle happened inside of there. Back to the first uh, episode, the people in Mongolia saw Loki arrive. He talked to them. They weren't supposed to see any of that. Yeah, that. So now you're trying to tell me that the reset charge magically also deletes the person's memory of what shouldn't have happened? Yeah, because if... Really? Listen. I'm listening. If... If 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 a person seeing something that they weren't supposed to happen yeah. or that or that wasn't supposed yeah that wasn't supposed to happen wasn't supposed to happen then and then if the, and then, and then if the reset charges erases what is supposed to happen based on my logic mm-hmm. then it would erase that person's memory of seeing the people that or seeing the people who went there that wasn't that weren't supposed to go there. Okay, but at that point, what kind of technology are we talking about here? Because I mean, remember, the, the, the TVA said that there's no magic operating there. I can understand if you told me this is some kind of magical spell 
that undoes absolutely everything that wasn't supposed to happen or be seen or heard. I mean, and brings if, things right back to normal. I can understand. I can understand. I mean, being if, that if, way. if it can, if it can, like magically. I mean, I wouldn't. I shouldn't use the word magically, but I will magically disintegrate all of this stuff and like make it like not happen. Then I feel like it would have the power to do that for people. To erase thoughts, memories. I don't. Yeah. I don't see one thing equal to the other. I think I, this is this is what I think based on that whole thing when the when the soldier when the TVA guy asked Loki about the bombs he's like all right what do we what do these do mm-hmm. and Loki says that they're meant that what they do is that they uh, prune the effective radius of the Nexus event that wasn't so that so that the so that the sacred timeline can then heal itself there was, and go back to the normal flow there was of things, a, so there was supposed a specific detail and then, oh, hold on hold on but let me finish and then Loki says that sounds like a very nice way of saying it disintegrates everything in its in its vicinity Loki is poking fun at the fact that they painted in this nice way, kind of like how you're doing, like, oh, yeah, it just erases people's uh, thoughts, and then they continue as they were, but that they're trying to, like, really masquerade at, masquerade it as that, when in reality what it does is that it destroys that entire reality. That's not... I don't know, man. I, it's just... Okay, look, let's agree to disagree for now. Okay. And then we're going to have to watch episode Ner- three. Nerds and geeks can disagree on things. Yeah, Absolutely. I'm willing to be convinced otherwise by the show. Mm-hmm. Hopefully the show explains this because now that all these charges have gone off throughout the sacred timeline. Yeah. Like it has to be clear what it is that they're actually doing. I mean, now since 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 she bombed the sacred timeline, then she's basically bombing what was supposed to happen. Right. Instead of what wasn't. And creating a whole ton of, of different different things worlds different alternate things that are of how things happened yeah right i i from what i'm observing man she just essentially created a multiverse of madness like that is to me that's a multiverse because it is alternate paths for every event that she bombed yeah i got to wait and see man i'm not, again i'm not a i'm not opposed to being convinced otherwise but I'm going to let the show show me. I think we can agree the show is making us think, is making us theorize, is entertaining us. It's a good show. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to episode number three. All right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about... Attack on Titan. Attack on Titan, yes. Attack on Titan. (laughs) (laughs) Buddy. You've been listening to a new audiobook recently, haven't you? Yeah, it's actually God of War, and the main character is Atreus, not Kratos. So it's the same events that take place in the game, but all of it from the perspective of Atreus? Yeah, it's like, for example, when Kratos, when he steps into the light of Alfheim, Mm -hmm. it doesn't actually show what happens to him in there. It shows what happens to Atreus and, like, like how long it actually takes for him to get out. Oh, so, like, that moment when you see that Kratos walks out and Atreus has a bunch of, like, dudes dead around him, Mm -hmm. it shows that battle? Yeah. That's really cool, man. And, and like, it shows that Kratos took, like, actual days in there. 
What? Like an actual day in the light of Alphine. Oh my God, that's crazy. See, that's what I love about books in general, especially ones that tie into other existing properties. Mm -hmm. They give you a bunch of extra details and that's the kind of thing that you can experience in a cooler way through audiobooks. Mm -hmm. You love them, I love them, and if you haven't experienced audiobooks out there yet, we really encourage you to try them out. You can do so by going over to audibletrial.com slash G101. When you sign up, you can get your very first audiobook absolutely free. So if you enjoyed the God of War game like Joshua and I did, and you want to kind of experience it from a different perspective, you can get that first audiobook absolutely free to you. And if you decide to stick around after that free trial, you're going to be helping out the show. So remember, it's audibletrial.com slash G101. Thanks for helping out the show, peeps. Thank you. And we're back. All right, buddy. Tis time to speak about Attack on Titan. Yeah. All right, so give us give us the overall premise. Boy, first of all, how did you get into Attack on Titan? Um, probably because I just kind of, like, heard of how, like, how there's people who can turn into these massively large, like, mech suits that are not mech suits, but are actually, like, bodies. Naked. Na- naked I mean, bodies. sure, they are naked bodies. Yes, they are. But <laughs> it just seems kind of cool that, like, if I was in the show, mm-hmm. there was a slight chance of me being able to turn into, like, this giant creature. Sure. Okay. And I kind of just started watching it from from episode one, season one. Yeah. And I just loved, like, the story mm-hmm. and the animation. And there was a lot of cool, like, scenes that, that like, had a lot of... That made good use of, like, um, of how it's an anime. Okay. And, and, how, and how they can pull off things that, like, real live-action stuff can't. Like what? Can you give me an example of that? Yeah, in this one scene, and I believe it was season three or season two, mm-hmm. there was this character, Levi Ackerman. He's one of the most famous characters. Okay. He he was like, uh, he was battling these these real, these real live people. Okay. Like humans. And, and, and there was just this like, he was like sliding down buildings and like using his like ODM gear. Everyone's to, like, like normal size. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but like it, it, like in some scenes where he where he like slid down the roof of a building, mm-hmm. it looked like his foot was like ginormous, and like his compared to his, the rest of his body. Oh, you mean because of perspective? Yeah, like, like the cap. Yeah, quote, like unquote, the camera would have been shit. close to the foot. Yeah. Okay. And it just like it just has such cool scenes. Okay. What what is uh, what's the overall like premise of that world? What what happened in that world? Is that our world? Is it supposed to be our world? Like a post-apocalyptic it's, thing? It's a human world. Okay. At least. But basically the shortest premise is that these two nations, Marley and Eldia, mm-hmm. they were like fighting for a long time. I'm just, just skipping a lot of important details. Is this supposed to be in our past or our future or what? It's like it's a, it's in the year 845. But like, according, yeah, according to their time, like. Oh, so time was like re re started like they started counting time again. It's in the human world. Okay, yeah, yeah. So they just started counting time again at some at some point down the line. Okay. 
And um, and there were there were these two nations, Marley and Eldia, mm-hmm. and they were like fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting. And then and then Eldia kind of like, well, first of all, yeah, Eldia kind of like moved all of it to like this island mm-hmm. called Paradise. Okay. And Marley moved to like this nation mm-hmm. or like this all, all other like big kind of continental. Mm-hmm. place yeah and then they stayed there for a long time and and then every time that like oh yeah there some some eldians mm-hmm. like stayed with the marlians okay. because they actually like wanted to be part of them but the marlians just hated the eldians okay like they despised them they thought of them as like devils they called them devils and stuff okay and all right so wait 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 so, so like to rein it back into my original question though what is the condition of this world? What's happening in this world when the show kicks off? Okay, when the show kicks off, um, basically any time that a person like upsets or like commits a crime, an Eldian person mm-hmm. in Marley, yeah, the Marleyans ship that person over to Paradise, okay. and then they inject them with this serum that turns them into a Titan. And then they kicked them off this big wall. As a punishment? Yeah. Oh. And then they become a titan. So the titans are people that have been punished? Like, that's their sentence? Yeah. And, like, the thing is, it's only Eldians that are able to turn into titans. Oh. So it's, like, it's, like, a whole new, like, it's, like, the whole world besides the Eldians are basically racist to Eldians for a thing that happened, like... Thousands of years ago. What is it that happened? Was there some kind of war? Or what? Yeah, there was like a war because like Eldians like tried to like kill all the people, or not kill all the people, like take over. Right. So, um, and like the other nations won against them mm-hmm. and forced them to like go back into paradise. Okay. And and yeah, that's how the Titans came to be. And then, like, a hundred years later after this, mm-hmm. uh, the people who are living in paradise, they, or paradise, they don't, they don't know about, like, the serum or anything or, or any of that. Mm-hmm. They just think that there's, there are these, like, they're, like, creatures oh, outside so, of their walls. Oh, so they, they're not aware of the origin of the creatures. Yeah, at least not until, like, season three or any of that. Okay. Yeah, so that's basically where the show picks off. Or takes off mm-hmm. with like Aaron sitting in a tree and Mikasa like coming up to tell him that like there's an attack or something like that. Oh, okay. And uh, so the people who've been turned into into Titans are they like aware of themselves? Are they self aware? They're what, is their intelligence like lowered or something? Yeah, they're not aware, and the and the, their bodies aren't inside the Titans. Mm-hmm. Like they become the Titans, and the only thing left is their spine. Okay. And the spine resides in the neck okay. of the Titan. Mm-hmm. And there's only one way to kill a Titan, which is to, like, slice its nape or the back of its neck. I see. And so, and because the human who's, like, controlling the Titan's spine is in there and, like, your nervous system is all that is in your spine, mm-hmm. then the only way to kill it is to slice the back of the Titan's neck. Ouch. Anyway... Um, and so why is it that these Titans are different from the ones where there's, like, the person is actually inside the Titan body? Kind of yeah. Like <laughs> That's because, um, man, again, deep. That's because there was this girl 
who like supposedly made a deal with the devil okay. and like got the power of the titans mm-hmm. but then um but then she like died and all that and her spirit was split into nine titans okay and and like nine people inherited that those mm-hmm. spirits and and that and those are what um those are what uh makes the difference between the um normal titans and the ones where like the person is inside yeah the person like the the ones the called titan shifters the ones who can like turn into titans at will mm-hmm. they um they like they can actually like they can like cut their hand or something or like bite a part of their body it yeah. like it like them getting hurt makes makes them turn into those titans mm-hmm. and yeah, but their body is actually inside of the Titan that they turn into. Yeah, that I got to see that one time that I sat down. Yeah. Or I, I sat down at least a couple of times and I saw you watching, and that was kind of weird. It's like a whole bunch of, like, tendons and muscles connecting to the person almost. Yeah. Yeah, very, very strange. It was like Again, a, it was like like a, a fleshy suit. pilot suit. Yeah, yeah. Very, very weird. Um. So and what? Al- yeah, go ahead. Also, if, if a per the reason that Titans, like, try to eat people... They try to eat people? I mean, yeah. They eat humans, beings. Like, that's their diet? They they don't eat. They don't need anything to eat. But but the reason that they eat, it kind of, like, they don't know Mm -hmm. because the human isn't conscious while they're a titan. Yeah. But but there's only one thing that titans do know, and it's that if they eat a titan shifter, a person who can turn into a titan at will, Mm -hmm. then they turn back into a human while also gaining the ability to turn into whatever titan the person that they ate could turn into. Wow, that's a lot of conditions. (laughs) Yeah, and that's how how different people can have uh, the same uh, ability, the same uh, titan to turn into. So you have to. So you, if if somebody's a person who can turn into a titan, mm-hmm. then another. If the then if somebody else wants to become that titan, then they have to eat that person. Oh. Either as a human or mm-hmm. as a titan. So are, so are are there is there? I imagine that there are battles of titans versus titans, right? Yeah. Are those like the most common battles, or is it normally like titans versus humans? Um, like, in the first, like, season one, season two, it was usually Titans versus, uh, humans. Mm-hmm. But then, like, in season three and, like, late season two and all that, mm-hmm. there was a lot of, like, uh, Aaron versus the female Titan, which is one of the Titan shifters, or mm-hmm. Aaron versus the armored Titan, or the colossal Titan, or mm-hmm. Aaron just versus, like, the regular old Titans. Okay. Hmm. And and also, if if somebody wants to like become another t- a, a person who can turn into a Titan, mm-hmm. they also sometimes get injected with the Titan serum, yeah, and become like a regular Titan. But then they eat the person. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, what uh, what do you feel is like the main? Uh, I I don't know. I, I don't know if I want to say lesson, or like the main moral of this story I feel like the main moral of this story is kind of that humanity is the villain Mm. because like it really is humans that did all this stuff Mm -hmm. 
and it is humans who, like, are the Titans. I feel like the Titans are just, like, kind of, like, a metaphor Mm -hmm. for, like, bad people. Okay. I feel like that's kind of what it is. Well, because as you were describing it, it kind of made me think about Godzilla, right? That Godzilla was, like, a metaphor for the nuclear age. Mm Mm-hmm. And how we were essentially, like, creating our own demise. Yeah. Because, like, by creating all these nuclear weapons... It it awakened... Right, yeah. This, like, monster. Right. But but in reality, that was, like, a metaphor for the fact that because we created nuclear weapons, eventually we could end up being victims of the nuclear weapons. hmm Right? So, like, that whole thing of Godzilla is, like, that nuclear energy coming back to, like, haunt us, basically. Yeah. And it kind of reminded me of that when you were describing... Uh, attack on Titan because like the, the Titans were created by humanity and then they kind of like forget that they even created them and now they're coming back to haunt them, right? Yeah. Because they're attacking the, the humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, yeah, I could kind of see that. It's almost like your mistakes come back to haunt you. Mm-hmm. So what, uh, what did you like about the characters? How about the, how were the characters like individually, the main characters? The characters developed a lot. Yeah. Yeah. There was this one scene for a character named Armin, mm-hmm. and it was like it kind of really like developed him in a really good way. I feel like because right. it made him like more serious than how he was already. Mm-hmm. And it was when it was when Aaron hadn't found out that he could become a Titan yet in season one, mm-hmm. and um and like they were they were trying to like reclaim. Um, Walt Wall Rose, and basically, um, this this Titan who is known as the Santa Claus Titan. Yeah, he looks like Santa Claus. <laughs> okay. He basically just ate Aaron in front of Armin. Jesus. And Armin was like Aaron's best friend. Mm-hmm. And it was just like soul crushing for Armin because he like saw his best friend die, mm-hmm. and then and then he was like contemplating like why am i even living anymore wow yeah and like and that was his like big moment of character development why where did that take him to uh i think it it just made him become like a more serious person and like viewing the world as like as like a place that can like destroy mm. stuff okay that you love kind of dark yeah (laughs) i mean the whole show is kind of dark let me ask you something what do you think this is i think is this the first anime that you watch from beginning to end on your own on my own i think so yeah i don't think i remember you watching an anime completely on your own what do you how do you feel now that you've seen an anime that isn't like you know my hero academia or dragon ball which is like very superhero-ish um how do you feel that anime compares as a storytelling tool to like other forms of storytelling like I think movies and like normal American cartoons and that sort of thing I feel like anime is like one of the best forms of animation you think so yeah it's just like something about like it not being your like regular old Spongebob <laughs> and like it being like realistic mm-hmm. in like in in like every anime's own way. Now hold on, wait, why do you why do you describe it as realistic? Because clearly anime is not realistic, right? I Especially mean, the fantasy worlds like this one. Yeah. I mean not like that kind of realistic. Right, so what do you mean by But that? like the people are like relatively realistic and like the like kind of metaphors for stuff in the real world. Hmm. And it seems it seems like anime actually allows 
uh, their characters to have human moments, right? Yeah. And I don't. I never perceived that with uh, with like normal cartoons, mm-hmm. Western cartoons. Even even back in the day, there's some that do have like some some moments, but I feel like cartoons are almost like never are, are too much in a hurry to get to the next entertainment entertaining scene mm-hmm. to like let a character cry because their best friend just died. Yeah, you know, and like I mean, anime will spend a whole like five minutes letting that person grieve. Yeah, or like doubting themselves, or being or like depressed, le- or like whatever. Spend a whole like ten minutes letting letting these characters talk about whether they should execute a person. Right, like mm-hmm. that actually happened in Attack on Titan, mm-hmm. and they were contemplating whether they should actually execute Eren mm-hmm. because they thought he was a Titan. There you go. Right. Yeah, there, there's more humanity. I feel like there's more discourse. There's more conversation. I feel like anime allows itself to deal with, with like, deeper topics, too. Yeah, definitely. Right? Like, the Western cartoons and stuff is, like, more shallow. Mm-hmm. Even movies, to be honest. Like, live-action movies tend to be a lot more shallow than what you get from an anime. Yeah, like even even really something have those moments. Even something like My Hero Academia, that show keeps on impressing me by how how much it gets into like the mind of its characters. Mm-hmm. You know? And how flawed all the characters are. Like no one there is perfect. Not even the best superheroes there are perfect. Oh mm, my, he's he's have he has like massive like kind of like I don't really even know what to call them, but he's his mind is like kind of like he's like really kind of like nervous all the time. Yeah. To like be the hero that everybody loves. Yeah. And he's scared that they're gonna see what he really is. Right. If you think about it, All Might being the most powerful uh, uh, guy in that show, at least until recently, he deals with the biggest body issues, like self-image body yeah. issues of anyone. <laughs> Like, he was he kept literally trying to hide as much as possible his body because he felt like people would reject him or see him as less, you know? Mm-hmm. And mind you, he had his reasons, right? Because the body was obviously not, you know, capable to fight like he would normally fight in his superhero body. But still, it, there we go again. It's like a metaphor for something that people deal with in the real world. Mm-hmm. A lot of people feel like they want to hide their body. Let me put on more layers of clothes. Let me put on a thicker sweater. Whatever I have to do to hide my chunks or to, you know, maybe I feel too skinny. Like, whatever it is, people deal with these kinds of things. And you see this so much, so explored in an in, in anime series, not just this one, but, like, you know, many others, that I, I feel like it. I kind of agree with you, man. Anime, to me, is one of the... Well, maybe not because of the animation, although I love anime-style animation. Yeah. But the storytelling, the 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 weird that it gets, the deep that it gets, the risks that it takes, to me, are, like, awesome. Yeah. Because it's like, you could have, uh, I don't know. What is that anime with that dude who's like a teacher who's gonna destroy the world and the students have to? Oh yeah, assassination classroom where that. there's like the guy with the like yellow bulbous head. Yeah, totally goofy looking character. Mm-hmm. And like you get past the goofiness so quickly because suddenly you start realizing like that there's some serious topics being talked about, you know? Yeah. And it's the same thing with most animes. Like most animes are able to incorporate this crazy goofiness. 
but at the same time, they're, like, making you think a little bit, you know? Yeah, it's like, it's like, oh, this is, like, kind of, kind of like a weird, like, concept, and Mm -hmm. then, and then when you're actually, like, seeing, like, the actual, like, classroom that they're in, Mm -hmm. these kids literally... Are, have like automatic machine guns next to their <laughs> desks. Right. Yeah. And like katanas and all that. Yeah. I, I love it, man. That's pretty cool, man. I'm glad uh, I'm glad you uh you got hooked on your first anime. You're already hooked on the next one, aren't you? Yeah. I I just really love action scenes. <laughs> like the action scenes between like between like Aaron or, or Reiner mm-hmm. and then there was also that scene where Armin actually became the one thing that, like, destroyed Eren's life. Mm-hmm. He became the colossal titan mm-hmm. by eating Berthold. Sure. Or Berthold, I guess. Yeah, uh, he kind of... He didn't deserve it, actually. Okay. But, yeah. It's like, it really it really shows you that humanity can become the villain. Mm. Yeah. Pretty cool. All right, well, there you go. Do you recommend it uh, to other people? Yes. It is it is like one of the best animes. All right. And I heard that it has some live action films? Unfortunately. Really? Yeah. That bad, huh? It 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 does, it actually <laughs> doesn't have live action films. Okay. Just like Dragon Ball doesn't have live action films. It it, it Oh, in that same way? Yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. I see. What, I I I catch what you're dropping. Yeah. Well, there you have it, folks. Attack on Titan, Joshua recommends it. There is no such thing as an Attack on Titan live action film according to him. Yeah, it's it's not it's not it's not. It's not. Thank you guys so much for listening. Remember, for all things G101, you can find us at Geekology101.com. There you can learn a little bit about us. You can listen to our episodes. And if you want to hit us up, there's a contact form way down at the bottom in the footer. But if you want to contact us through more traditional ways, you can also hit us up at G101podcast at gmail.com. And by the way, spoiler alert, we got a merch thing happening pretty soon. Yeah, like, don't tell anybody. I mean, all of, the, all of our friends are going to listen to this, possibly. Yeah, probably. But, like, it, it, it's kind of dope. Merch is on its way. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you in the next one. Armin! Naked people! Okay. The human has been neutralized. Game over. Imagine noise.